You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Hey everybody, it's Adam, live and in person for you. Hey everybody, it's Adam, wonder who he'll interview. With the announcement that season 12 of Blue Bloods will be premiering on CBS on October 1st, 2021, I thought this was the perfect time to welcome back recurring Blue Bloods actor Mark McKinnon, who plays Officer Miller. In this episode of Bearing It All with Call Me Adam, we talk about all the lessons Mark has learned from life, acting, and the legendary Cheryl Lee Ralph. So don't go anywhere. We'll be right back with Mark McKinnon. Hi, Mark. Hey. How are you? I am good. I am good. I'm good. It's good to see you again. Yes, you too. As we talked about in the first interview, you were in BET Her's The Waiting Room, season two. And your particular episode, oh my God, you got to be directed by the one and only Cheryl Lee Ralph. So, I mean, you're so lucky. I got to see her on Broadway in Thoroughly Modern Millie. So I I have to know, like, what did you learn from, from working with her? One thing that Cheryl engraved in us is to remember to have fun. I know it sounds cliche, but her energy, the way she complimented you. Like one of the things she'll do if you got the, the take right or you did the moment how she was had in her mind, she'll go, thank you, like, like really, really big. Um, but she always made it fun. You know, a lot of times you have the pressure of knowing lines and am I, am I hitting the moments and am I hitting my mark? And it's how's the chemistry. We think about all the science behind acting that we lose the fun in it that we had when we first joined the drama club when we was in high school or whatnot, you know? So it's just like being on set with her brought back that fun and freedom of being great. You know, she always like, we know her as being fabulous. And that's why I was able to feel on that set. I felt like I was fabulous on the set right along with her. You know, she was really, really great to work with. So encouraging. I mean, her words of affirmation towards you was just absolutely um, phenomenal and needed. What's something that she affirmed for you? For one, that I'm more talented than what I than what I show sometimes. A lot of people get in my own head, or I can be unsure whether I did good. And she gets to a place where you're like, Mark, like you've trained, you've been doing this for years. You don't you don't have to prove that you're good anymore. You 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 got the role. You're here. You got the role. You don't have to prove anything. Like literally, just have fun at this point. And now I take that with me to this day. Like every time I'm on set or I have another project. I just not let go. The pressure's off. You know, I don't have to prove myself to anyone. That's great. And that's such a great lesson, I think, for other actors to hear. Because to know your own worth and to know that you've worked really hard. And like like she said to you, you've trained. You know, you've been working for a long time. And you just have to remember, you, you have all the skills and everything you need to do a good job. Right. And it was confirmed because literally the week after I finished filming that movie, I found out that the ABC executives and ABC casting team selected me for their ABC talent showcase. Well, out of 15,000 actors, they selected 16 actors to highlight and showcase. And so literally it was like, that was even more confirmation right there. Like you're doing what you're supposed to do and you're good. (laughs) Like you're good. Like, you know, you're, you know, so yeah, I mean, that was amazing. I mean, 16 out of 15,000. I mean, wow. Like that just blew my mind. Yes. That's incredible. Thank you. 
You're welcome. You're welcome. Now I do have to ask: Did did Shirley Ralph sing on set at all for you guys? Not fully. Not fully. No, yeah. she didn't fully go out and sing. You know, but when she did her uh, her wrap up uh, closing, she gave us a little Broadway style speech. Like I mean, she acted out her thank you speech, and it was like that's the Broadway we know from her. That 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 is Shirley. That's the Shirley Ralph we grew up. Yes. Right there. Yes. Yeah. I mean, her performance in Thoroughly Modern Millie when she did Only in New York. I mean, I still remember it to right. this day. And uh, she is she's one of the one of the greats. Right. And I grew up watching her on Moesha, you know, so mm -hmm. everybody's mom. You know, you grew up watching that show. So it was just was like, yes, I'm, I'm standing with her right now, learning from her, but being, you know, encouraged by her as well. So, yeah, it was great. That's incredible. That's yeah. incredible. Um, what's one mistake you made early on in your career that became a life lesson you take with you to this day? <laughs> so when I first, first got an agent, um, mm -hmm. this was back in 2010, I got an agent in New York. And at that time I was still working a full-time job um, in, in, in DC. And when I got the agent, I was like, you know what? I'm just ready. I haven't even booked anything yet. I haven't even got an audition yet. I just like, you know what? I just want to be available. I want to be a full-time actor right and so uh -huh. i'm like if i quit my job this means i'm a full-time actor mm -hmm. and so surprisingly enough the first six months went pretty well i was like wow i booked a job my first job i remember it was like three thousand dollars i was like oh i can do this but in my mind i didn't realize okay i would have to book this at least once a month to you know make this a decent living and i remember that year i booked maybe like three jobs that uh -huh. about the same but when i did my taxes <laughs> I was like, wait, I only made $10,000 in the whole year? And I left a full-time job making X amount of dollars to only make 10. And then like mm -hmm. after I started being a starving artist, where literally I was like stupid broke, living on couches, using my sister's car, going back home, living my own, like all these things. And so the le life lesson that I learned was that you don't have to be a starving artist. Because my career didn't pick up until I started having a balanced life. Mm. Early after my father's funeral, remember I talked about earlier how so many answers came to me because I actually couldn't afford to go down to Florida to go see my father's funeral. I couldn't afford it. Uh, thankful for my church. They sponsored me to go. So I was able to get down there um, on that plane ride back. I was like, I have to financially put myself in a better position. I just have to like like I can't function as, a, as an actor. I can't pay for classes. If my agent needed me to get new headshots, I couldn't do it. I literally could not do nothing without financially having a balanced life. But also I was missing times with family. Uh, didn't do too many things with taking my, my well, she was my girlfriend at the time, you know, on dates. Like I couldn't do any of that. But mm -hmm. in 2014, when I left my father's funeral, as soon as I got off that plane, everything started shifting, started changing. And I started having a balanced life. I started to write musicals for my church to so my uh, church hired me as um, the uh, director of drama. And this is a big 10,000 seat church. So it's really big. They got the big budget and they're like, here's the budget. Give us a musical, bring your theater background to our ministry. And I wrote two musicals that were inspired by Hamilton, you know. So it's like wow. I started to have a balanced life. You know, now I'm able to take my wife on dates. And you know, I was able to buy her a ring at the time to propose to her. And I was able to, if I needed new headshots, let's get them. I don't want the one shot, I want four looks. You know, I was able to afford it. You know? <laughs> I was able to do all those things. So my advice, uh, or the, the lesson that I learned was you don't have to be a starving artist to make it like. Focus on having a balanced life and understand that acting is just a puzzle piece to your life and not everything that you are.
Mm. You know, and so the, like now when acting, you know, we have our ups and downs. So if acting is going slow, I'm not like depressed or I'm not like, oh my God, like what was me? It's like, you know, it, has, it still, it hurts a little bit, but I'm not, it's not stopping my progress. Mm-hmm. Focus on the studio, focus on the musicals, focus on whatever I need to do to continue to just thrive as a person, as a human being. That's great. That And that's a great mindset to be in because there are so many ups and downs in, in acting. And to have that mindset of, okay, you know, maybe th- this is a downtime in acting right now, but look at all these other things I'm doing. And like you said, it helps you, you continue to thrive. Yeah. And, and, yeah, and you got to be careful though, because I did it so much to the point where I started overlooking how I truly felt. So there was some seasons where when I had enough time to actually sit and think, I'm like, wait a minute, nothing's happening right now. Then it started to, to, to hurt. But the fact that because I was so busy, at least it didn't knock me down. Right, right. Mm-hmm. And how great that, that, at, that your girlfriend at the time she was your girlfriend that you know she supported you through that whole time and stuck by you and you know like you like you said in our previous interview you know you stuck by her when when she woke up with Bell's palsy and mm-hmm. um I mean what a beautiful beautiful relationship that is to, yeah, she to have that because as you you know it's, it's hard to date an actor like I wouldn't date an actor if I, <laughs> I, I not dating I just I, I couldn't I tried it one time early early on right after college I was like yeah, I don't I don't I don't like this I need, I need balance I need somebody to just be the the normal just just you know you you got a straight and narrow path on you just building your your regular nine to five life and I'm going to be the one that's all over the place you know yes yes. <laughs> Yes, that's why I'm glad my boyfriend is not in the industry and he's he's happy building his career in the medical field and yeah. I'm like, yep, go do that yeah. and let me do all this it's all this nice stuff. Balance. It is a nice balance. It, it is. is. It is. Yes. Sticking with just another career lesson. Um, have you ever been fired from a show? No, never been fired. Okay. I, I quit a theater production one time. <laughs> oh. Uh, which I guess is similar to the answer. Um like one time uh, there was this play that I got cast in. This is right after college. And it took me an hour and a half to get there all the time. Mm. Like, so after the first two rehearsals, I was like, I don't want to do this no more. And the reason why I stopped was because they was going to pay me $50 after rehearsing from January to June and then do the show in July. My stipend was going to be $50, not per rehearsal, not per month. $50. I'm like, you might as well say you're doing it for free, but for six months? Right. Yeah, for six, I was like, yeah, I just, especially that drive. If it was like around the corner, maybe. Yeah. You know, when you're building your career, you take on the free projects, you know, for the the, the experience and the craft. Of course. But to make that drive, it's like I'm spending money to be a part of your production. Right. And you're spending you're more gas money. <laughs> right. That. But then you have to also convince people to buy the tickets you know, and I'm not getting nothing back. So I was like, yeah, it's just, I, I left that production. Well, that actually sounds like a, a, it was a very wise decision because you were able to see, even though it, you know, it may, it was going to be experience for you. You saw that the actual, um, what you had to put into that production wasn't going to really benefit the outcome for you because okay. like you said, you were going to have to spend so much more money and time you know, that's a lot of time just commute. I mean, I was what, three hours in commuting alone. So that takes three hours away from you able to pursue something else. And imagine if I would have made it to tech week, that would have been a nightmare, <laughs> you know? So it just was like, and then for one, a one show, mm-hmm. one, one night, not no, oh my God. 
Yes. Wow. <laughs> night show. So we were practicing for six months every Saturday until we got to the four. I was like, nah, I can't. And then just recently I had booked a job that was paying me in the four digits and I was on set for two hours. I was like, okay, let me not. <laughs> Let me just leave this. Yeah, I, I I I left that after two weeks. Yes, yes. Smart decision. Smart decision. And going back to my other um, thought. Uh, speaking of of your girlfriend and now wife. Um, so what has being in love taught you about yourself? Being in love really highlighted the importance of the five love languages. Um, mm. it's an amazing book. I don't know if you're familiar with it, but it talks no. about five areas that every relationship have on how you like to receive love hmm. and me i thought mine was touch you know i thought i thought touch because it's, it's touch is uh uh gifts you like to receive gifts um words of affirmation acts of service meaning you like when somebody do things for you um and then quality time was another one and so for me i thought it was touch but when i fell in love with my wife you know and the more time i spent with her the more i realized I thrive more off of her words of affirmation, mm. uh, her encouraging me and not tearing me down with words. Like that really made me feel love, you know? And for hers, hers was acts of service. She loved if something was broken in the house that I just on my own without her asking me, I just started to fix it, you know? That was a week early on, but then I was able to really become that handyman that she needed in her life, you know? Mm. So she, that's what made her feel love, you know? And so, that's something that I learned about myself is how I like to receive love. Mm. We focus on, we think because I like to receive love, like if I think words of affirmation is for me, I'm assuming that that's what she wants too, but it's not the same. You realize you got to see how she likes or he likes to receive love. Yes. Mm -hmm. That's really, that's really great. Let's take a quick break. And when we come back, we'll have much more with Mark McKinnon. Priceline presents... Go to your happy price. What's up? It's Kaylee Cuoco. When it comes to travel, we all have a happy place. You can see yourself already there. It's beautiful. It might be sunny and sandy for some, neon and urban for others, deserts or rainforests or hiking trails. With Priceline, you can get to your happy place for a happy price with deals you really can't find anywhere else. Like up to 60% off select hotels to Costa Rica or five-star hotels for two-star prices in Cabo. Go to Priceline.com and travel to your happy place for a happy price. All right, see ya. I'm off to Miami. No, actually, wow, look at that. No, I, I'm going to Hawaii now. Ooh, Cancun looks nice. You know what? Belize looks pretty nice this time of year. Or, mmm, Palm Springs. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Febreze is a proud partner of Can't Cancel Pride. However you choose to express yourself, Febreze has the perfect scent to make your home even more fabulous in your own unique way. Have an amazing pride from Febreze. Hey, everyone. I'm Mark McKinnon, and you're listening to Bearing It All with Call Me Adam. And now we're back. What have you learned about your own acting from teaching your students? Oh, that's a good one. Um, how much I wasn't consistent in my training. Mm. I am as a coach every day. Y'all got to be consistent, you know, and I'll see how an actor would be when they would just kind of come in once every other month or, every, you know, it was spaced out. You saw them fall by the wayside and come in and try to clean up dust every single time. Mm. But my clients who were in every week or very, very consistent. 
Those are the ones who were like really, really good, really thriving. And I was so busy at that time building the studio and building the, like what we were uh, building to be at the studio that I was lacking my own craft. And because you're coaching somebody, you got a script, you feel like, oh, I'm acting too. But you got to be under the umbrella. too. You got to have somebody in there who's telling you well, that's a weak area. You work on that. Work on your addiction. And I didn't have that for almost a year. I think it was 2017. Yep. The year that I was not training at all was the year I booked. I didn't book one job. Wow. 2016 was a really good year for my career. I booked a lot of jobs. That's when I first started booking my network TV jobs like Blue Bloods and Gotham. So I was on the high. I was like, oh, I'm working now. I'm good. And I started coasting 2017. But that year, when the year was over, it hit me. I was like, yo, I didn't book one job this year. Mm. 2018 was where I was like, I need to make sure I go back in New York and make sure I see my coach and just make sure I just am with him at least every other week. It don't have to be every week, but at least every other week, at worst, once a month. You know, um, and that consistency was what got me back on track. So now sometimes I'm asking my client, like, hey, can you be my reader? You know, hey, mm -hmm. just to make sure myself as an actor is training consistently. I'm not just preaching, you know, to the choir. Right, right. And that also helps show your students that, like, n no matter what stage you're at in in your career, it's always important to keep up with your training, to keep up with um you know, new techniques and uh, you have to, you always have to continue learning. Absolutely. And I got it even more through the ABC showcase, you know, cause the showcase is five months of five hour day training, but just studying and training. They gave you workshop with different acting coaches and even their own team. So it's like, you're just trained. So I'm like, wow, I wasn't training nowhere near as much as I thought I wanted to. Now I'm like, now that it's over that portion of it, it's like, I'm hungry now to get into the next class or yeah. acting coach, you know, just to make sure I'm keeping myself, my tool just flowing, keeping that will going. What is something out of the ordinary you've learned from a co-star? Like, um, you know, like did they, did somebody teach you, I don't know, like a special acting technique or a hobby or anything? Um, this is early on in my career. And this was like more of a local project that I did from this co-star I had, it was one of those reenactment shows. So uh -huh. the guy who played my father in that one, like while we was on set, he was on his computer the whole time in between takes. I'm like, why is he like, so? I mean, I get it. He's like so busy. So I started talking to him. He's like, yeah, it's the top of the month. You know, I got to receive the, the rent checks. I was like, rent checks? You didn't say check, checks. He was like, yeah, I own a apartment building. I have six units in there. And, you know, I'm just making sure everybody's on point and just managing, you know, boom, boom. And I, when we started talking, it led to the conversation of multiple streams of income. Mm. This was the first time I started realizing, especially as an artist, you can't rely on one stream of income, you know, especially when you want to have the flexibility that you need time wise. It was the first seed that was planted. I was like, wow, I need to look for more. Because a lot of times we focus on what's that one job that helps us make enough to survive. Mm -hmm. Put me the art of like, no, find these different things that can be recurring residual income on top of that. And now I'm happy to say I have seven streams of income uh, now, you know, and it just made, I'm making way more than what I did when I was working the nine to five, you know, uh -huh. so that was something I learned outside of acting, but from a co-star. Mm -hmm. wow. The income is the way to go. What are your, I don't know if, if it's okay to ask or if you yeah. don't want to answer. I mean, what are your other streams of, I mean, what else do you do? So I have the studio, then you right. have acting, but then I also do videography on the side. So a lot of middle schools in the area, they'll uh, hire me to do videography for them, whether it's shooting their school news or shooting, a, oh, I just did one for uh, Howard, Howard University Middle School, 
where they won technical middle school of the year through the COVID. And so they wanted them to do a virtual tour. So they hired me to shoot that. Or sometimes wow. people bring me in to shoot their teachers teaching a lesson. So that way you can, have, you know, so that was a huge stream. That's the stream of income that still comes in. Um, my church, you know, not only was I the director of drama, but my church also hired me as production manager. And because mm. of a large church, even through COVID, we still, even though it's mostly video now, I'm like stage manager of these events. Wow. You, know, you got that, you know. So then, you know, it's it's, 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 it's it's those things that help. And then my wife, she also contracts me. She runs her own uh, social media management uh, company. She just won uh, Maryland's uh, top CEO this year because her company is doing really good. She was literally four hundred dollars away from grossing a million dollars last year. Like, like wow. But she contracted me, so sometimes I'll help her with videos and with photos. So it's like those streams of income is what, for one, all flexible. Right. You could be gone for acting is not a problem with anyone. You know, everyone understands what I do, and I'm my own boss. You know, mm-hmm. even my studio. You know, even though when I do the private coaching sessions, like people understand when I need to reschedule when I, you know, I have to switch it up at the last minute. Because everyone understands. So I feel like that's what I mean by like a balanced life. Mm-hmm. I'm in full control of my life and the financial nature of it. That's so great. Thank you. Yeah, congratulations. And Thank very you. inspiring. Thank you, man. Yeah, it, it, it's, it's a blessing, you know, to go from a starving artist to be in a position where, you know, you're just financially stable. What is something you wish you could tell your younger self that would have saved you from a mistake or heartache? And that could be either in your life or career. Um, in my career, I, I'll go with that one. Uh, when I, you know, I came from Howard University, I studied theater for four years, um, and then did theater for a year. I was on a national tour. So my life before I started to really attack New York was mostly theater, but I always knew I wanted to go the film and TV route. Um, and so when I first started auditioning in New York for film and television, I'm going in with theater technique thinking I know what I'm doing. And everybody will always say too much, too big, too much, too big. I'm like, what are you talking about? I know what I'm doing. Like I said, you know, you know, you doing theater, you you know that feeling you get from performing a certain way, and they were not feeling it. So it literally happened for like a year. Everybody kept saying you need to get back in acting classes, and I didn't understand mm-hmm. what they were really trying to say because I'm hearing acting classes. I'm like, yo, I just spent a whole 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 lot of time, you know, learning how to act. Like I know, mm-hmm. how to act. <laughs> you know. But then one day, I remember I was commuting in New York, and somebody had on Twitter had shared the Michael Caine acting in film video. Mm-hmm. to classic video and i watched it this was the very first time i started understanding what it means to act on camera mm-hmm. and when i started watching it and the gems he was dropping i was like this is what people mean when they say you need to get back in class it wasn't to learn how to act it was to learn how to act for the camera mm-hmm. and that's when i started looking for on-camera acting classes in new york um and i started to sign up for those and once i did that that's when i realized like you know if you want to do film and TV, you have to train that way. You have to train in that nature. And if you still want to do theater, then you train with that too, or balance both. But I knew I wanted to do film and TV, so I made sure I stayed in those type of classes. Um, that's the advice I would give to a young actor who knows they want to do film and TV. Make sure the acting school or acting coach that you're working with, make sure there's a camera in the classroom, not just watching you, but like, is they literally teach you how to make your tool work for the camera. Mm. The science behind it. And that's one of the, the main teaching lessons at my acting studio is how to act on camera. It's one of the ways my studio was able to stand out in the DC area to the point where theaters in DC send their clients to us when they know their client wants to do film and TV because our focus is on how to audition for film and TV. Wow. That's great. And that's also 
such a great distinction to bring up, especially for other actors listening to this episode. Um, the the real distinction between theater acting and film and television acting. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I miss the theater. I haven't done theater in years. I miss it, but I'm also happy with where I'm going. But I credit to say, Ty. What's a lesson you have learned from playing your favorite game on your phone? Watch out for the psychology of these games. So mm-hmm. I got this sniper game. Uh, and the thing is, what they do is they give you a, a really, really cheap gun to be the sniper. Mm-hmm. It's hard to defeat that level with that gun. So it's like you have to purchase a better gun in order to really defeat that level. But then you get so hooked to the game because when you get to the next level, you realize, well, I need a better gun to get this one. Mm-hmm. But you go to the game, and it's like, it's cheap. It's like $2. It's like, all right, I'll spend another $2. But you just keep going to all these levels. Next thing you know, you're on level like 35. You're like, wait, I just spent like $80 in two days on this this game that's so simple. But it's like, it's they got into the psyche. It's like it's how the casinos are. Like, you just get hooked and you just you think you spend a little money here and there, but it's just like after a while you realize, well, I dropped a lot of money. Yes. Uh, but yeah, that like that's the lesson I learned is if you gotta keep spending money to get to the next night round, get out of it because you're gonna it's gonna it's gonna hook you. It's gonna, yes. But they were smart for doing that because they definitely had me hooked for a second. <laughs> they definitely did. That's a great lesson to to learn. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's all the lessons learned. So we're gonna move to the section that I have titled in the closet with call me adam because i record all of my interviews in my closet (laughs) so my first question is what is one physical item you have in your closet in my closet a physical item i have i actually still have my cleats from when i played high school football oh nice and dusty and dirty i can't fit them no more but they are still there like that's my you know that I don't know what the the term is, but that's the item I have in there that it helps me remind me of where I came from. As mm-hmm. well. Oh, that's beautiful. The next part of this game, uh, so Weird Al Yankovic has a song called "Stuck in the Closet" with Banna White. So, if you could be stuck in the closet with any celebrity, who would you choose to be stuck in the closet with? Ah, see, my answer would be different if I wasn't married, but I'm married, so I can't say that answer. Be <laughs> stuck in the closet. Uh, with somebody that would uh, benefit from greatly, I would have to say, I'm going to take the easy way out. I'm going to say Beyonce. Okay. Say Beyonce is because her singing voice is incredible. Mm-hmm. I'm in there. She want to riff all day. Do, do your thing. Do your thing. Yes. Yes. And what would your bachelor answer be? <sighs> <laughs> it's, 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 it's Zozadana. Uh-huh. Yeah, Zozadana. Zozadana right. would be who I would want to be my bachelor answer to that question. Yes. Yes. I love it. So um, we're up to the end of the interview. And I always end my interviews playing off of the title of my podcast, Burying It All with Call Me Adam. So if you were to bear it all, and I know you've told a lot already, but if you were to bear it all and reveal something about yourself that you haven't talked about previously, what would you share with me today? This is, might be corny, but how much of a rigid scheduled person I am. Hmm. Whenever my mornings don't start with my normal morning routine, my whole day is completely just out of whack. I just, it just drags. I have the same thing I do every day. Even when I travel, even though I love to travel, I hate traveling at the same time because now I'm not able to do my typical morning ritual routine that I would do at home. And so that's something about me. So if you see me out of whack, you ever meet me in person, 
And something seems off. It's probably because I didn't do my normal routine that day because something just got out of whack. But that's something about me. I, I don't understand how I got like this because they say a lot of military people like this. And it's uh-huh. not like in the military or anything like that. But it's like I'm by the schedule. Like I got I, I got to know what's going on, when it's happening. There's times where people like and this was early on in my coaching career where somebody be like, Mark, I'm at the studio. I'm like, what are you talking about? They're like, remember, you told me in the hallway that you can see me at two o'clock. I was like, oh, like I learned not to ever give a passing time. Right. I have to say if I say it, I got to put it in my phone on the calendar like right away. But that's how much by the schedule I live. Wow. Yeah. Wow. And what is your morning routine that like if you don't do, you get thrown off? Right. So no one I wake I, I wake up and I always uh, uh, start with this stretch like this is i don't want to call it yoga because i don't want to disrespect what people do with yoga but it's just my own morning stretch and i don't touch my phone i don't do any of that just waking up checking it with myself i always do that for 10 minutes every morning and then right after that that's when i make my green juice mm-hmm. uh, green juice i make that and then i go to the gym i do some cardio mm-hmm. for about 30 to 45 minutes and then i drink my protein shake and then i go lift weights and then as soon as I get home from lifting weights, I start my first meal, which would be like normally like eggs and oatmeal. Wow. That is my like because that's my me time before. Uh-huh. PM, that's all Mark McKinnon. Time. Like no, my wife don't get that time. Clients can't get that time. My my all my streams of income. None of that gets that time. That's the moment for me. So I think that's probably why I get off of balance when I don't have that time, because then I didn't have that me time to balance myself to every yes. day. Yes. And that's such a actually a very important point that you bring up how important it is to carve out time for yourself and and nobody else. And like you said, not your phone, not your clients, not any other, your wife, any other stream of income, any of that. It's mm-hmm. it's And that is so important that everybody gets that bit of time. Yeah. Kudos. I, I fooled myself because one time I was like, let me just, just answer this one email. This mm-hmm. one email and the next you know it, it's an hour later. And now I'm like, now I'm not gonna have time to get to the gym to do this. It just everything just goes out of whack. Yes, you know. So yes. yeah, that's 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 one thing about me uh, that I can say people probably don't know is how much of a scheduled person I am. Well, that is great to know, and I will always remember that. Um, <laughs> and that's the whole interview. So thank you so much for coming on the show. Uh, where can everybody find you on social media? Well, thank you for having me. I mean, this was a very, very fun conversation. Oh, you're welcome. I'm so yeah, happy. Absolutely. But I'm on, I'm on um, social media. I'm on Instagram at the Mark McKinnon. I'm also on Facebook and you can also find me on my website, themarkmckinnon.com. And if you're interested in acting classes, we're virtual, you know, so you can go to mckinnonactingstudio.com uh, for our online courses. Terrific. Well, everybody listening is going to follow you on social media. Um, look for Mark in his recurring roles of Blue Bloods, FBI. And again, you you have to watch the BET Her series, The Waiting Room. It's fantastic. And I can't wait to see what you do next. Plus, always remember here at the Broadway Podcast Network, you can listen to thousands of hours of theater and art related podcasts. So download the Broadway Podcast Network app and listen to all your favorite podcasts on the go. He'll get the dirt and the scoop and the story for he happens to be in the know. Just ask anybody who's had him at him for the business of show. Call me Adam.com. 
Find more episodes of Bearing It All with Call Me Adam everywhere you stream podcasts. For my print and video interviews, visit my website, callmeadam.com. Follow me on social media at callmeadamnyc on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And finally, if you really want to get involved, support my podcast on a deeper level by becoming a member of my Patreon family. Visit patreon.com slash callmeadamnyc. There, you'll get a variety of backstage perks, including advanced notice of interviews, the ability to submit a question to my guests, and everyone's favorite, swag. Swag.